Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, we're in the garage. This is the Brothers Ketchup, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi. With me, as always, is my brother. Come on! We gotta be consistent. Frankie. People are gonna wonder who's here. I'm here. My name is Frankie. We've never had a guest. I've wanted to bring a guest on. (laughs) No guests! You refuse. This isn't a podcast for guests. They're not a brother. <laughs> yeah, we have James to, uh, brothers catch Although, up and To be friends. fair, if one of our other brothers did want to come on, I feel like we'd have to. You can't deny it. That is true. They would also be... They're entitled. Yeah. It's technically, it's their podcast too. <laughs> I don't think they've ever heard of it. No, they have. Brian's a fan. Ooh. I think. Uh... Dude. Yes. So. Yeah. Want to get it out of the way first. Mm-hmm. The correspondence dinner is back. When, did that happen? It happened. Do you know who hosted come, it? I'm assuming Trevor Noah. Yes! Trevor Noah hosted it. Shocked. <laughs> How'd you guess? Because who else? Who else is it going to be? <laughs> Michelle Wolf. They already did that. Uh, Colbert. They don't need him anymore. Do you know it's been two years since the last correspondence dinner and six years since the president had attended? What does that tell you? It should have died. That it's meaningless? Uh, it's just another thing for the elites to hang out at? Oh, it's so much worse. I equated it to... It's like the closest thing in adult political like reality, I guess. Like If you put the quotes around that. It's the closest thing to being like a kid on a field trip at like a really dinky aquarium and watching the poorly trained seal handler feed the seal fish. Like that's what the correspondence dinner is essentially. It's it's just like watching You know what it the most basic. You know what it is? Like I think like a lot of people don't watch C-SPAN. I also don't watch C-SPAN, but like <laughs> I've watched, I've watched a lot of C-SPAN. I've watched enough of it to like see what happens when it's like not like a big event going on, just like a normal like meeting. Yeah, and they do all these weird rules that like you that you didn't even know existed, like in your head. Parliamentary p- procedures. Yeah, yeah, like in your head, you think there's just like them coming together and talking, but it's really not. And you realize like, oh, like this is weird like it's all a show they follow these weird rules it's a theatric performance is what it is like it's and then like the correspondence dinner is just it's that for a different purpose it's have you have you seen any of biden's clips from it god no he came off okay okay good for him some of it was funny I get proud when he uh, is able to complete sentences. He was very it makes me proud he to be was very American. alert compared to how he normally is. Did you see a clip of him the other day? Yes. Oh my god. He was very sleepy. It's amazing. <laughs> He's not always like that though. Well, there's two reasons for that. One, medication. Two, it's a clone. I lean more towards the clone. I don't know if it's a clone or just like a like a body double or like a stunt person. Have you seen the ear thing? Yeah. Well, that's been you know what it is for a long time. You know what it is? What surgically done? I think each ear is different. 
So I think it just depends on the what the, picture. Yeah. Well, I think his left ear is his left ear is detached and his right ear is attached. I think that kind of stuff is interesting, but it get. I think that's like the distraction of it all. You get in the weeds on that stuff. I think it's fun. Like when they show the clips of him walking across the White House line and it's clear his that his feet are unnaturally sinking into the grass or like his hand passed through the microphone or is on a sound stage instead of just in the White House. It's like putting doubts in your head. But the people who get too focused and caught up on that That's the point. Yeah, like you're just like it's don't worry about it. You're taking that the stuff. bait. Yeah. What's way more concerning to me than if that's really Joe Biden or not is like the fact that every single one of these people are known associates of like criminal pedophiles and you know all you know. You know There I follow this one girl on Twitter. <laughs> We don't have to get into it. No, I'm going to get into it. She's very, like, every day she's, like, tweets, like, can we not forget that, like, our entire country is run by pedophiles? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Just, like, I remember that every day. But, like, just, uh, for some for some reason it's uncouth to talk about. So, interestingly, Trevor Noah had a joke at the dinner. And he said something about Ron DeSantis being there. And then I saw an article later that referenced the joke and mentioned how DeSantis was there. So I tweeted out, oh, didn't know DeSantis was at the correspondence dinner. That's fucked up. Big red flag. Like, why would he be there? He was not there. He was not there. Yeah. So I fell for some I fake news. That. But but interested in that. The why behind that? Not the why. Like, I think it's not necessarily that the nefarious aspect, like, okay, we can make kind of politically smear DeSantis by making him look like it's here and putting out like fake news articles and I think that just comes along with it I think it's just a joke to them like they knew it would be funny to put his name on the guest list and then make a joke with him as the punchline as if he were there and he's not there like I just think to them that's funny but they don't understand maybe they do understand I think they do understand I think they get off on just that because that is very misleading. But do they understand how much we hate them? No, I don't. Th- I don't think. How they... do you miss that if you're them? That is the big. That is actually a key fundamental question. It's a big question. And they it... must know they're hated, but they act like they're not. I think a lot of them don't understand why. So, like, especially in if we're just going by, let's just That's to crazy. make it simple. Listen, to make it simple, let's just keep it specifically. To the people in attendance of the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Because it's probably the best group of people if we're talking about who... What the hell is, like, going, what is going on, on outside? Is it Tuesday? Did I miss the... No, I didn't miss it. If the you missed the garbage, we have I mean, a problem. I know, we're in real trouble. <laughs> um, it's the best group of people when we're talking about like uh, who's actually in charge of things in terms of enforcing the narrative and political power in America. Uh, and I would say a lot of those people know that they're not liked. Like one of Biden's jokes literally was, uh, I'm, I like, I'm glad that I'm here because it's the only room where, where everyone has a lower approval than I do. And it's funny because the press does have a lower approval than Joe Biden's. So they're all aware that they're disliked, 
But I really don't think most of them have a fundamental grasp on why, why? we dislike them so much. Well, they don't understand. And Tucker, actually, this week had something. He had a whole episode dedicated to the death of neoliberalism, which was an interesting episode. And I'm glad I caught it because I don't always watch Tucker. But in that episode, he said uh, neoliberalism is looting with a veneer of racial and socioeconomic politics. And that's why they're disliked. They look at themselves and see we're these, in a term, progressive, but really we're these like well-to-do, successful people who have built this political dynasty that you love because they think that everyone is a woke progressive. And they miss that conservatives aren't all just backwards troglodytes. They're a large portion of this country that sees how they've dismantled Western order over 30 years as a uniparty. And they don't get it. Because most of the journalists aren't but, smart enough to understand but, but the things that problem. we understand. Like, how did they not get it? Because I they only... They, I refuse to believe that. I think they do get the, it. Because they're focused on the social justice aspect i feel like i go back and forth on this a lot where like i'm like no they know they know they're just idiots like but then i'm like no i think they're just evil but see when you get to this when you get to this point and you feel that way it's a good time to go back and watch the ted talk what if i'm wrong like okay because they're not all maliciously evil and stupid they all have access to the same information we do let's think about like trevor noah i think he's a good person to use here Mm -hmm. Eight years ago is what, 2014? Yep. He's probably just becoming like a popular stand-up comedian. He's... he's Doing his Comedy Central special. Yeah, and people, he's funny. Like, he's a funny guy. He has a little bit of political humor into... And Comedy Central says, hey, this is a great... This could be a good replacement for Jon Stewart. And Trevor Noah, like, wasn't looked at the way Trevor Noah was looked at today. Like, he was a real comedian. Just like all the Daily Show hosts before him. Jon Stewart, obviously, after his time on the show, like, he doesn't get looked at as a comedian anymore, same thing like Colbert. Like, they don't get looked at as comedians. But, like, what happened with Trevor Noah is really interesting to me because, like, his circle, I don't, I don't know what his circle is, but it's not his contemporaries, you know? Yeah. Like other comedians. No. Popular comedians. Like, these people have to know that they jumped the ship. Like, Trevor Noah knows he decided, I'm going to take my money, I'm going to just do whatever I need to do, and I don't care that no one's going to like me and my friend, like, I'm going to have a different friend group now because this is just who... Same thing with what's-her-name that was a correspondent, uh... Uh, Samantha B. Samantha B. Like her show was awful. Like the show was awful. To what extent they, are people? Is it grooming though? From, I think from I, the from the up top, I think it is. I don't think they are doing it, thinking that's what it is. May he rest in peace. The whitest kids you know, Trevor. Uh, Trevor. Trevor uh, What's Trevor's last name? Trevor May? Trevor May. No, Trevor May is the pitcher on the Mets. Uh, Holy shit. Man. He's only this is what happens when, when you die. He's only been dead a little while. 
Um, I was going to say Trevor Wallace, but that's not him. It's like the skit he did with um, when he signs the blood oath to the Illuminati. Trevor Moore. Trevor Moore. Uh, Sorry, Trevor. Sorry for forgetting your last name, but... Dude, that... To this day, though... To me, it's only been a few months, but... The clip of the whitest kids you know on the Skype call, like, a few days after, (laughs) talking about how he died is, like, the funniest fucking thing in the world. And it makes me happy that, like... That's how they were, like, handling it. Yeah. <sighs> so, ties into another... Maybe not ties into, but we go into the next thing I wanted to say about, I guess, what I was thinking about. Um, we had a TikTok, got a lot of views, and our TikTok follower count literally doubled. You're a TikToker now. Never had... On any social media platform, whenever something blow up that quickly where, like, I was able to see, like, followers add... There were maybe have been a few times on Twitter before Twitter got the volume turned down for people like us. Um, there were a few times when I gained a lot of Twitter followers really fast, but never this many. Where, like, I gained 70 to 80 followers in, like, 24 hours. fucking Ferris wheel. Which is cool. Yeah. So, like, if any of you have migrated over to the podcast, cool. But... It made me think about things that I think about social media a lot and have said on this podcast, but now I think I formulated the thought more completely so we can bring it up here. It's like the the idea that there are followers and influencers is really a big problem. And it's it's one of the things I like least about social media and one of the more recent develops, developments of social media that I think is starting to impact our co- culture in ways that don't get talked about enough. You don't want to be a follower. Like I you have think... no you have no choice in it. Like you just want to follow things and get the content you want to get. But when you click that button, I hope you're actively thinking when you do it. Like I don't actually I'm not following this person. Forge your own path. You know what though? Yeah. It's it's just natural. Sure. Like it's the natural evolution of it cuz I I actually think about this a lot. I think about Used to be Facebook friends. I think about like YouTube, <laughs> and this is why Facebook, for as much shit as Facebook gets, it's and Instagram. Well, no, actually, not really Instagram. It's really Facebook. Facebook is the only one that kind of is still. I'll explain. I'll get there. YouTube starts in two thousand five, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's just posting YouTube videos. Everyone today still posts YouTube videos, but it's different. Everyone used to post videos. Everyone would watch everyone's videos. Some people get popular, right? Over time, what do you have? You have YouTubers. Sure, people are still posting their stuff, but that stuff doesn't get caught in the algorithm. No one cares about that stuff. It's the YouTubers. The YouTuber stuff gets pushed. This is the market. Oh my god, I'm getting such a bad cramp in my leg. I can't. Oh my god. See? That's what happens when you work out too much. Holy shit, that was wild. Um, Twitter. Twitter used to just be like a place to talk with and just say random shit to like the few people that followed you. But now it's like you probably have Twitter because you're following certain accounts that you want to see things from. Instagram, you probably follow a bunch of celebrities. When it So Facebook is the only one that kind of has stayed your friends. I think it's just human nature is like follow the people you think are interesting. And that's where influencers come in. Yeah, but that's not... Sure, 
I think you're right. I think it's but bad. I don't. I don't exactly. think it's good. I don't think it's. I don't think that absolves it. I think no, no, that I it's agree. a real problem because, first of all, the notion that anyone would influence you, right? That there's someone's job as an influencer, and then like they go on social media and their job is to get as many people to follow them as possible so that they could influence mass amounts of people. That's kind of fucking horrific. And they all do it for money. Yeah. By like big companies and corporations. Or like they do it so that you pay them to see their nude pictures. Yeah, it's really... It's, it's re- the dead. Oh, it's was, really a a symptom of a very narcissistic society. And obviously, that's not a new concept. That social media gonna, is like this height of narcissism. I'm going to attempt to say a word, so I might be wrong. Okay. It's the degradation of society. It is. It's, it is. It is degrading. Did I say that word right? Sure. Cool. Yep. Now, all I'm saying to say this is that, like, cool. If people follow or subscribe to the content that I put out, I'm glad. And like I put out the content, and actually, there's a writer who I've followed for a very long time who's now getting a lot of popularity, which is cool because she's been a very consistent voice, more consistent than I've been on a lot of issues that I would say that I've been pretty consistent on. But she would probably be even more consistent. She's a little bit of an extremist, but this woman, Caitlin Johnston, out of Australia, who writes and now has her own substack, and like I said, is getting a lot more popularity than she used to have probably because of her consistency. But I bring her up to say that she has expressly said multiple times, and to her credit, that anything that she puts out, any of her content, is to be used freely by anyone for whatever purpose they see fit to use it. And I think that that's kind of always been my attitude to the content that I put out. Like, I'm not really putting out content to amass a following. I'm not really putting out content to, I don't know, become a millionaire. Making content because there's information and opinions that I want to share and talk about and discuss, and with people that I want to share, talk about, and discuss with, or I'm creating something. Like if you draw a work of art, or if I write a poem that I really want to share with people, yeah, I want people to see it. So if I wanted people to see it, I wouldn't put an obstacle in the way, or a barrier in the way, or a qualification on it where it needs to reach this level of of internet popularity, or I need to produce X amount of income from it. You know what I mean? Because I think that debases art and if i'm gonna make a good podcast or if i'm gonna put out a decent poem i want it to be at least somewhat artful and if there's gonna be a hello fresh ad in the middle of it it no longer is art it becomes I a product and i think know you... that's really easy to say sure when your following doesn't well, have that kind of impact and i agree and maybe we'll maybe someday we'll we'll have to reevaluate this but i don't think i ever will because it's something that i fundamentally have always felt and do think is necessarily true. Like, you can't, you cannot be a critic of this system and produce content within it, but then also have these ideas of grandeur or this notion that your opinions are better or that your thoughts are more right. We are fundamentally an, an information war. We are actually in a culture war. We are at the turning of an era. We are at the end of an epoch and when these things happen profiteering is never going to go it's never going to help anyone so like there are really great voices in the wilderness right now who are doing a really good job of spreading information that do make money off of the content they produce and that's good and i'm not saying you can't make money and do good work but what i am saying is i do think that if our society is going to ever recover or if we're ever going to come to a new a new i don't know 
better way, a different system? Will humanity ever evolve past this type of struggle? We have to start doing things for ourselves, but not in a not in a financial sense, in a spiritual and human hum, uh, humanistic sense, where we're producing for the betterment of just our our experience of life. I get all that, but the market rewards that. Like the market twenty years ago didn't reward content creators. The market today does. Yes. If you want to go create content, guess what? Now's the best time in the world to do it. Yeah, but so but the advertising market is what rewards a lot of it, and I think that that's a problem. Not necessarily. I don't. Yes, a huge chunk of it is the advertising market. But like something like Patreon, like Patreon's part of the problem. Patreon's a weapon. It's just like we were talking last week. Yeah, but we like, had to fight. like Shane Gillis and uh, whatever his oh, Matt and Shane Seeger podcast. I don't know Matt. Is it Matt McCusker? It doesn't matter. Two comedians. They have a yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. They don't do a lot of advertising, but they do have a Patreon where they put out other stuff, and they have a, make a ton of money off their Patreon. And things like that are great. So I don't. That's what I mean. Those like the market is okay but like gonna drive this that's different so like caitlin johnston has a Substack where she you can go and subscribe to her content and she'll mm-hmm. get that monthly fee and you'll get unlimited access yeah. to her content but when she's saying that you could share her work unattributed and she's not that's more what i'm saying too like i have less of a problem where you're taking a subscription so that people can have unrestricted access to your work less more so think it's more in the spirit of it where anything that we are producing here is done for the sake of like it reaching the masses but not because we want a following like this this isn't about followers and influencers this is about ideas and individuals and creative thoughtful free-thinking people who can become something great together who are not a hive mind who are who are no, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, no, no. I'm no, just that. Just like, like I just think though, like, not all. Obviously, there's always exceptions. But I, I really do believe. Maybe this is me trying to be an optimist. Because last week I was, I felt like I was. Last week we got very. Last week was a weird week. It was a good week. But I like to think that most of the people that find themselves in these roles as influencers. Don't start out chasing the idea of becoming of an influencer. I because say, I think if that's, that's true. I think if that's the way you do right, like this podcast, if it ever becomes successful, it's but not gonna problem, become successful because we did it to become successful. No, we no, do no, it because no. of us. The problem isn't necessarily becoming an influencer, because I think that some people are naturally influencers. Like George Washington was inherently an influencer, right? Would George Washington <laughs> have a TikTok if he was around? He'd have a sick TikTok. Um, be like shaking his ass. <laughs> that would be giving like awesome like as he's like chopping his cherry tree down. Rallying speeches or something. Um. So I, I think it's more about this notion where like you're not. For example, I told you earlier that Viva Fry and Robert Barnes podcast yeah. had a guest with Salty Cracker who has a you know his own million subscribers on. YouTube. Yeah. And he said a bunch of things I liked, but something he said that I didn't like was how he talked about his fan base and how they're like this army, this collective, and they can go and they have they have sway, and I think that's true. 
But I hope that if we ever did have an audience of people listening to this that numbered in the thousands or millions, that I wouldn't... I don't want anything to do with you. Like, honestly. Like, I don't want... If people... Like, just think about the literal word follow. If people ever followed you in real life, you run from them. You don't want to be followed. So, like... I don't think that's true. I think I think it's true, dude. I really do. I think that's I think that's ridiculous. I but just from the standpoint of like if you're someone who be, if you believe yes. what you do is is good mm-hmm. and you have the potential to to create goodness, sure. You should want people to follow. Like I want are you not to a listen? Are you a Christian? I think there's a difference between you're not a Christian. Sure. Are you a follower of Christ? I'm a disciple. A what is a disciple? A disciple. That's different. There's one I person know. I would be a disciple or follower of. It's Jesus Christ. That's okay, different. but like, but sure. I'm not Jesus. Of course not. Okay, so but why do I want some disciples? Because the point is, is like those people, if they had your philosophy, no, I have no. Jesus philosophy. doesn't have a follower. The point a of follower. this podcast is we have no philosophy. Go, no, we you just set your philosophy. You still, <laughs> no one should follow anybody. Don't follow anyone. I think you can follow and like, get their again, content. I like, like your just be I like your thinking. Just like I, I think it's a little too this. general. Maybe, but I think, I, I think you're doing a lot of generalizing. I'm a big generalizer. That's uh, why I'm so racist. I'm not as I'm not racist. That was a joke. Holy shit! Poor joke. There's an episode they watched it yesterday of Silicon Valley, where like uh, one of the characters calls the other one a racist. He goes, he goes, you can't say that. That's racist. And he goes, yes. I'm racist. It's, just, it's so fucking funny. So yeah, that's it. I just, if we ever got followers, which we did pick up followers on TikTok, which I thought was kind of funny. Cause like, let it be known. I don't agree. If we get followers, follow me. Follow, 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 listen to follow everything me. I have to say. <laughs> I like it. If, if I you put listen. out a t-shirt, buy that t-shirt. But that's the thing. Okay. So like, I want to be a cult leader, dude. Are yeah. you kidding me? I want people to listen, and then if they have, have something to contribute or to discuss or to argue, I, I invite that. Well, that's that's, that's cool. a community. No, it's not a community. I don't want a community with strangers. I just want to interact a little bit. What do you think, like, Twitter spaces is? Like, if, if it said be friends with, and then we were literal friends, I think I would be better. Because that implies you're going to be There are nice. people that you interact with on Twitter that you sure. don't know. Yes. All the time. But that's the interaction we invite with social media. I have no problem There's with that. There's a person who calls you by name and like reads your poems and you have like a rapport with this person you don't know. Yeah, that's cool. But that person is a follower. But that's just how it is. I wish it weren't that way. So you wish that person would not ever consume your content? No, I wish that the word follower were just something different because I think the word follower is... Well, then it's, it's just a semantics argument. I, then it you're kind just of mad is, but I think it's addic- important because addiction. language has power, and I think it's deliberate. I think it's encouraging us. I, it's, I think it's deliberate. I think I everything think on social media yes, is deliberate. and I think just the, to, the terms follower and influencer and then what they've become in our social media landscape and the importance of having followers and being an influencer has then has so, had a negative impact a on the outside world. Unlike Instagram, the world outside of Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter yes. are all followers. If instead of followers, Facebook, it was something else. Facebook friends is better, friends. Much better. YouTube is subscribers. Subscriber, even better than friends. Because it's like, it's purely transactionary. Yes. It's, I want more of this content. I subscribe to this. Yes. I don't follow this. 
but I like, subscribe I, to. Yeah. I subscribe to the New York Times. Or like a little thumbs up button if I could say like, I like this. That's good. Oh, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if we're done with this topic. It might be. I don't know. The New York Times. Okay. The Tucker thing? No, I have no oh. idea what that's about. I just think their marketing department oh. <laughs> is pretty smart. <laughs> like when they bought Wordle, I was oh, like, yeah. fuck these assholes. And for the most part, Wordle's been the same. Yeah. Really hasn't changed. When they first bought, the words were kind of stupid. But since then, it's been They're fine. Good. You know what I do every fucking night after I do my Wordle? I do the mini crossword. I play their other word games. And, like, they lock some of them, and you have to pay $1.99 a month to and get, like, the full access. considering it? I'm considering it. And that's Don't what, give the New York Times Wordle, money. They're like, we're going to get all these Wordle people to play our other games. They're good. They're fun. Don't don't give them money. So I will be a subscriber to New York. Have Times you ever seen the video game. of the of the supermodel that went missing that stumbled, drugged out of Carlos Slim's apartment, saying that she was kidnapped and like abused, and then she was found murdered. No. And Carlos Slim is the owner of the New York Times. This is all alleged. I have no idea. If, but there's video of her. Well, there was. God knows if you could find it on the. What does this have to do with? I think there's two separate videos. I think there's one video where she's like literally on the street outside of the hotel. Like I literally just escaped from, whatever they call it. And then I think there's another video. Maybe it's a phone call or something. And then she's just found dead because I think she killed herself. I disapprove of you taking that to a dark place. I'm just saying the New York Times is owned by a billionaire who may have potentially murdered a supermodel. Listen, at some point we have to make concessions or we can't do anything. <laughs> oh, I agree, dude. I'm look, I'm a world what? player. I how just don't many, want you to pay one ninety nine. How many poor Asian children had to suffer to make that cell Listen. phone? I think the Samsung factories in South Korea are probably great. That's why, by the way, I do believe, like, I'm full of shit, but, like, pretty much everyone is full of <laughs> That's shit. That's what we talked about last because week. Because no one is consistent. No. It's impossible to be. Yes. That's the world we live in now. It's impossible. Ooh. Glad I stumbled upon this. I feel like it's impossible to be consistent in today's world. You can't possibly be consistent to your views a thousand percent. Because, but I think a lot of that is because we have no idea what's true and false anymore. Which is a problem. And, and I think, and by I'm, the way, I think that's gonna create... A bubbling over at something. But here's point. another thing. Like I just said that, and every day that I live, I am learning. I'm learning more and more that you know less. That it's so much more true than you even that I might even think. Like it's just like not only is everything that I think is true and untrue, untrue and true, but like even things Let's that I thought to had to be true that. or untrue. Let's and go true. back to like what started that the the follower discussion my ferris wheel your thing. ferris wheel thing like you didn't know i didn't know that, that, that ferris ferris wheel i never heard of it but when i heard of it i was like that's fucked and weird and i didn't think it was that weird i just thought it was that was cool dude that's such a big ferris wheel like it's, it's a really big it's ferris a, wheel it's like they built it because they want this is just i'm just going narrative i don't know what's true and false dude so like when i talk about this stuff because i'm actually legitimately interested in like history and conspiracy theories and stuff yeah specifically ferris wheel the ferris wheel enthusiast (laughs) and i had never heard of this first ferris wheel there probably are ferris wheel enthusiasts by the way they're like (laughs) how did you not know about the first ferris wheel i know everything about it (laughs) that ferris wheel was built in like a direct response within five years 
because the World Fair was in Paris before it was going to Chicago. And what they built in Paris to impress the world was the Eiffel Eiffel Tower. Tower. This was built to be the, like, even better than the Eiffel Tower. It's like, dude, it's a bigger structure and it moves people around it. And we looked at it and went, fuck this. No, it traveled around the country. But why doesn't it exist anymore? They buried it. Why? Fuck knows. They buried it in the fucking middle of nowhere. They couldn't. Dude, why is I'm the Eiffel you, Tower listen, listen, wait, still a thing, though? Wait, though. wait, 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 listen, listen to this shit. The main axle on that Ferris wheel was 90,000 tons. It was the largest piece of metal ever to be forged in the United States, and they couldn't break it down. So, like, when they were getting rid of the Ferris wheel, and they were finally, they were burying it in the middle of fucking nowhere. And when they were burying it in the middle of nowhere, they, they were going to break down the axle, but they didn't have torches strong enough to do any actual damage to the axle of the Ferris wheel. So they just built... So somewhere... I think it's in Missouri. Ooh. St. Louisville. Or I think it was wherever the World Fair went, like, when it came back to America the next time. It was, like, the last time they were using the Ferris wheel or something. I'm probably getting all these facts wrong. There's some history person that's going to be super pissed off. Probably not, because no one ever hears this. It would be buried... In the ground, like this giant piece of metal. So someday someone's going to find that. They're going to be like, what the fuck? But I think things like that are really interesting. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily... There's no cons- not necessarily conspiracy to go along with it. But I just learn facts all the time that make me question the way I view the world as I'm told it. Like, that makes me question, why is our world not better? <laughs> is that not a fair question to ask like can we at least say that all the ferris wheels that exist today are at least worse than that yeah but it's weird to use a ferris wheel as an example because like amanda it was her first reaction to it and it's funny because like so my reaction sh- who the fuck my reaction you? was not that my react my reaction was your reaction i was like huh why don't we make things as good as that anymore and amanda's like is big good and she goes uh because all the good engineers aren't working on Ferris wheels. There's no, there's no utility in a Ferris wheel. And I was like, I guess that's a, po- that's that's a good true. point. Yeah. Like, if you're an engineer and like, but it's also not a good you, point. Are you working on a Ferris wheel? And here's why not. it's not a good point. And this is gonna blow that idea out of the water because when you look at the photographs and pictures from the ni- the 1893 World Fair in Chicago, and you understand the electric boats that they had that were floating around in the artificial river that they built, surrounded by the 250 structures that they built that were all supposedly artificial, surrounded by the thousands and thousands of statues that were built, and you understand that the official narrative states that this was all done in three years by two guys with a construction crew. And all that stuff was then destroyed afterwards. And this didn't, didn't just happen once. This happened all across the United States and around the world. In the eight, the late 1800s and the early 19th century. Well, and today, I don't think we could replicate that. No, we couldn't. I also think it's a product of stagnation. I want to say globally, but definitely, definitely here in America. Which goes back to what I was saying before. Like the the have you ever seen? I I don't want to look it up because it's going to be like a lot of research, and I don't have we don't have that kind of time, but. So I may say something that's so wrong here. But like okay. the Statue of Liberty, right? Mm-hmm. We erected it pretty quickly. Well, we were given it. We were given it. I think it'll... Yeah, but like when we put it together, I don't... 
think it took that long. <laughs> I don't want to say an actual day because I don't know. Well, it's on an artificial island. But, like, it didn't take that long to build this thing. It takes forever to build anything anymore. I mean, it's weird that you use the Statue of Liberty as an example of that. But it's exactly well, what because, I was saying. Just because you can look at pictures of the Statue of Like, the Statue of Liberty is fucking huge. And the way they built it is crazy. It's really cool. But, like, I don't know. You look at... you. I say this all the time. Like, you look around airports and, like, the bridges in America, and it's like... Don't you think America should be in... But I'm not just talking about America. No, I know. So, like... There are all these... The See, the thing is, a little bit of information is what's dangerous. So, like, when I hear... You need all the information. I don't know enough about any of these topics to get too confident in a lot of them. But, like, you know I read... I've read a bunch of Graham Hancock's books. Two yeah. or three of his books. And he's all about these alternative histories or, yeah. like, of global civilization. or, And I can't shake every few months to years getting sucked down these rabbit holes that introduce you to ideas like hollow earth or the the lost civilization of atlantis or tartaria or it had to, i it or had mud to. floods or global cataclysms or even the flat earth conspiracy theory and and you read these the things that people say in all these different communities who really believe this stuff and i think what i'm more fascinated in is just what people believe like i'd like to know what there are communities of people who have very strong convictions about certain things. So there is a now large... why? Well, I think that's the the thing right there is why. Yeah. Why, why do, they do all of things? these things exist? Why do all these all? And it's because information. There's holes in the is either in the real now hidden from us yes. or doesn't exist to us, yes. and that's a problem. So, like for example, I a few years ago was really deep into like Egyptian stuff. Yeah, and like really got into like the pyramids and how they're aligned astrologically. Yeah, the pyramids and how are fucking. Crazy. They're not actually tombs, and what's underneath the Sphinx's paw, and if the water levels ever were higher, or if they were lower, and who constructed what, and what time was what built when? What does the Egypt government know? Why is there a golf course built right next to it? Is there something underneath that? All these things, right? And at the time, like oh, and even. And, like, who, how'd they cut the stone and move this? All these questions. And, you know, some of it's really interesting and some of it's not. And you get, uh, you hear her saying, saying like, that, that, I hear you, babe. And some of it's really interesting and some of it's kind of not. And then you would listen to a mainstream archaeologist who, who can tell you all the facts about what the academic side of the story is. And a lot of it I can't argue with or disprove at all. But then some of it just isn't enough. Some of it's just like, well, we don't know the answer to this, but there might be answers that sound more convincing from the other side of it. So I just keep all that in mind. Yeah. But then when I go into other aspects of conspiracy world, like, for example, the Tartaria stuff or or global cataclysm stuff, and then things start to align to the point where it's like, okay, we don't really know. We don't really know anything about what's true and what's false here because the holes the holes are all I don't know how to describe it they're just aligned in a way that makes you achieve you think, your confidence do you think part of the problem is like school is set up to teach you about 
a very specific history and a very specific science and a very specific English and literature, right? Like, the, you learn every kid in America follows the same curriculum. You, you read the Shakespeare. You read the the Galileo and in history. It's you, you, you have your AP history, all these different things. But now we live in an age where information is everywhere at our fingertips at all times. And we just have so much more access to these things that it's like every day like school becomes less, not imp- not important, but less impactful because it's just not talking about things that are out there. Well, when we talk about like modern schooling, I think a lot of it is... You know, it's it's a system that's set up by people who are trying to get a specific type of worker, you know, from the general population. I don't think it's a way of actually educating someone efficiently on the past history of humanity. And like, I don't know if that's we, even a goal. How? But it should be a goal because how can we get better as a society if we don't actually know the true past? Well, that's exactly my, where I come to butt heads with the ap- academic and mainstream ideas of a lot of these or explanations for a lot of the questions that get raised by these individual communities. Like, for example... I don't agree with 99% of the flat earth stuff, but where I would align with them and disalign with the modern mainstream society is their claim that like, no, everything NASA says is true. And I could tell you everything NASA says is not true. So like if I have to agree with people who say everything NASA says is untrue and the people who are telling me everything NASA says is true, hey, I know you're telling me these people are crazy. It's because we have no nuance anymore. Sure. But, But like... In terms of, like, what are we in the grand scheme of the universe or on this planet? These are huge questions. And how we go about our lives, this capitalist, destructive society. We were just talking about these social media platforms where there's followers and influencers. All of that is shaped by our modern understanding of what we are and who we are that might not be even close to true at all. And the lies that might be being told are so huge, I don't think anyone may even consider that they could possibly even be a lie. And that is, to me, it's really terrifying. Because, like, but not terrifying in, like, an existential sense. I guess it's an existential sense. Maybe in a bigger sense, but not in an individual sense. But terrifying in the sense of, like, what if they could pull off lies that are so great that, like, all of us just, we have no connection to our past? That would be such a tragedy. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to, like, like, if you learn that, to think that, like, if you dude, learn that I, the cr- Crusades weren't we were, real. Well, I'm, forget, forget even, like, going there. <laughs> like, we were just talking about not too long ago because I had watched Band of Brothers. Yeah. I was like, this is what World War II was like? Oh, my God. Because, like, I was, I'm detached from the past. Because guess what? I wasn't fucking there. Like, yeah. I don't know. The only amount of history I know is from what I learned in school. Yeah. And so, I, think, I think what I'm constantly being reminded of is that it only takes a small amount of time for a lie, a very big lie, to become a very, like well regarded truth the only problem with that 
is I would say like what I also think to kind of get the maliciousness like yes lying but also what if just about like there's so much history like you're not you're never gonna that's so have true. it all yeah and some and some of it even if you were telling the truth 100% as best you could you're gonna you don't stuff. have all the answers some of it's gonna look you know it's not gonna be out there's gonna be gaps there's gonna be questions but, I would go back to saying, like, I don't think when I'm talking about this lie or these people are lying to us or we're being misled that most of it is even malicious. I go back to it kind of like I, Einstein said it, and we've talked about it on the podcast before too, that, like, or maybe Einstein didn't say it, but, like, he has to do with this. Like, the Big Bang theory and Einstein's theory of relativity and the black hole theory yeah you've said this before they are not congruent theories work together yeah but we when depending on what physicists and astronomers are doing at any given time they're using some of these mechanics in their equations of the universe and and some and it's as close to reality as we can get like well obviously that's why they're all theories yes exactly Obviously, we don't know the mathematics of the universe down to a T, but we know a lot of them pretty close. It was but only the a problem few, is it was only a few years ago that they figured out that they we were under the impression that after the Big Bang and everything exploded and was expanding into vast nothingness, the idea was that it was slowing down. Yeah, it was only a few years ago when they were like, "Oh no, it's not. It's actually speeding up." Like when you're doing when you're doing any type of math problem and you're starting and in the foundation your mistake is at the very beginning and you're just extrapolating on your work going further and further it's harder and harder to catch your mistake and the more wrong you're getting as you go along um if we apply that same idea to like outside of mathematics and sciences just to like our history and academics like if the foundational truths are lies the additional truths built on top of them are also lies. Like, for example, something I learned just in my like deep dive down conspiracy theories, it's a verifiable fact. And I don't know what to do with the information because I don't know what it means. But like all around the world, and I'm talking about like Oakland, California, to Rome, Italy, to Paris, France, to I want to say South America, to places in the Middle East, there have been bathhouses from ancient Rome dug up and these bathhouses are very specific they're like all between 10 and 30 feet buried they all have the same like the reason why the bathhouses are so fascinating to us is because they were able to get like hot water and they believed that the reason why they got hot water is they would like burn fire underneath the plumbing and like it would cycle through the hollow bricks in the wall and the air and water would be pumped through and become hot and it would heat the walls and the floor and it was all really complex but when scientists and archaeologists would examine these bricks in these bathhouses there's no soot on the inside of these bricks that should be filled with soot if they're lighting fires now all this to say all of these bathhouses that were dug up are all outside of like roman cathedrals or like catholic church cathedrals and i think it's just an interesting fact so like how did how do like five to twelve different sites with the same one type of Roman structure all be buried consistently in different parts of the world and then all have the same type of building built 
right on top of them. I don't know what the conspiracy theory is there. I've listened to people who have made claims about what they think that conspiracy theory is. I've listened to people who have really big claims about conspiracy theories about past histories. I don't know. All I know is when I hear things like that, I think it's interesting and it makes me doubt that like Rome collapsed over a long period of time or it, its empire. I don't know. I don't know what it makes me question, but it just makes me question things, look at things a little differently. So like there are nuggets of truth in these conspiracy theories that I think punch really big holes in certain aspects of, of mainstream narratives that, that have to make you stop and be like, wow, I know nothing. And if you don't, if you don't know anything, it's hard to. I know nothing. Yeah. The last twenty minutes of this podcast is I I know nothing. nothing. <laughs> Everything you're saying, I'm just like okay, okay. I got. <laughs> if you say so, I it's don't true, know. man. So, I don't know. The world's just weird. We got popular because I found a weird tidbit, and apparently other people thought it was weird that there was a big Ferris wheel once that we don't even acknowledge anymore. And like it's and it's not just a big Ferris wheel. I'm talking about like. A Ferris wheel, like if you took a Ferris wheel, you wouldn't you, believe it if you saw it today. Yeah, you'd be like, "That's a fucking huge." Like, what? what the fuck? <laughs> like a like an impossibly large Ferris wheel. Is it bigger than the London Eye? I don't know. Yeah, it has to be. Maybe I don't know if it's maybe not in height, but if we're talking about like weight, and, I mean the Ferris wheel in Orlando, like that thing's fucking huge, but it's bigger than that. How many people does it hold? Mm-hmm. Figure out how many people it holds, and then you can do the math because the one in well, they just put like apartment buildings on the Ferris wheel. But how of much weight it has carts. to bear? True. How much wider it is? Let's see. Orlando Ferris wheel. Fuck me. Ferris wheel capacity. It's like nobody. <laughs> it's 480 people. So it's literally a quarter of the size. Yeah. That's a pretty big Ferris wheel. It's really what big. About, what about... Think it's of 425 one. feet tall. Okay, so the Chicago Ferris wheel, I think, was... Let's see. Chicago World's Fair. Had, had 30... The Orlando one has 30 cabins and can hold 16 people at a time. Right, the original Ferris wheel. Holy man. This is, every time I see a picture of it, too, I'm like, oh, God. That is a big Ferris wheel. The Orlando Ferris wheel, the Orlando Eye, cost $90 million to build. That's why they're not making Ferris wheels. What a waste of $90 million. <laughs> so how much did you say, how tall was the one in? Uh... 425 feet. So this one was only 264 feet tall. So it wasn't so as height, tall, but it was fuck. It had to be. What was the diameter of that thing? Well, yeah, I guess dude, the axle was 45 tons, 90,000 pounds. I said I said 90,000 tons earlier, so I apologize. It was probably they doubled the size. Pretty interesting, but so fucking big. All right, I'm done. All right, I think we did good. Anyway, if you've come here from that TikTok video, I apologize because nothing of my content is anything usually like that video. But if I find more interesting tidbits, I'll post a video about it maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Anyway, talk to you later.
to save time. So I'm at two Casaplasts. Okay. This guy rocking the Casaplasts. And I was like, honestly, I rock a little of everything. I'm just looking for discs that avoid the trees. And they crack up. And then I teed off. And when I tell you, I put it, like, it went on a line through the trees. I was like maybe 20 feet away from the hole. I was able to get it up on the hill and birdie out. I not birdie out. Par out and just go to the next hole. Felt real good. I wish I I, but I had a nice butt. Can I see I that? How did you... F- Feel about me dying the white berg. No, don't do the bergs. I don't know, the bergs look really good dyed. Um, so yeah, I've watched a ton of dying videos. So we gotta start with discs that, we don't, that I don't care about. All the videos have them like doing like all like the different tie dye patterns. You can dye this. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing tie dye pattern. I'm going straight right out of the gate. First dye I'm gonna attempt is like. Gonna be like real art. I'm gonna slowly start to order stuff. White colored discs. It doesn't matter, but the plastic, the plastic needs to be good. You could do this fusion. They were talking about you can't do it on like the shittier plastics. You want to do it on like the good plastics. These are all I only have because the the shittier plastics. You have all the shitty plastics. Don't I only have the good plastics. I mean that's rude. That's true. That's rude, but okay. Dude, this new license is cool. It looks fake though. When did this when did this come in the mail? Today? Like did you just get this? Yeah. You could die. What are we going to talk about today? I have some topics. Alright, because I have nothing. I did what you said. <laughs> you were thinking so, that. <laughs> hope you're happy. Hope this is everything you've wanted it to be. Did you see me smirking? <laughs> you're like, oh, he did it. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Um, draft happened. Draft did happen. I love that kid. Channing Tyndall. <clears throat> I'm sick of draft talk. I used to love it. Well, it's because we didn't have picks this year. It's, it's not it. Like, I was sick of it last year. I think Tua ruined it for me. Because of how everyone treated him afterwards? <clears throat> or the excitement going into it? I realize I realized it with Tannehill and Luck. That it doesn't that matter. A lot of the discussion is predetermined, and it there's nothing you can really do to ever shake the narrative that people put out for you ahead of time. But when when Tua happened, what I really found interesting was that it's not that it's necessarily predetermined or whatever. It's that it's ruthless. Like they don't, they just want the story. Yeah, they don't give and a like, shit. About that's the a shame. Person involved. Yeah, but. And so many of these players are hyped up or talked about or used as characters in this song and dance that is sports media. Mm-hmm. And then they're dropped. Or not even dropped. Like, they're, vi- they're, like, they're set up as a punching bag. Or they're, they're, throw- they're just thrown to the wolves. 
and it makes me sad because I used to like this. What's cool about draft coverage or like when you watch the combine or if you were to study college film and form opinions about these guys, you could track players on different teams as they like come and rise up through the sport. But nowadays, I feel like players' careers are so short and the ones that are successful come from all throughout the draft. So it's really 90% of the guys you're going to spend your time on in one year are going to be out of the league in two years. Well, I mean, I feel like... It just seems like... It's like I don't like it anymore. At the end of this year, there's going to be anywhere from six to like ten guys that from this draft first round actually make an impact on their team. And maybe not a huge impact, but like they're just a part of their team. That's about it. Like, no, be, I mean, there'll be probably more than that, but but it's but in comparison to the number of guys that are being looked about, to to be heroes, I think about it like you, let's use like the New York media and how much the Jets and Giants media loved the draft for both teams. Yeah, you know if like by week three, the guys that they drafted, if they're not instantly awesome, how much shit they're gonna get? This guy's a bust. Yeah, this, yeah I mean that's not. And it's impossible to say. Players aren't defined by their week-to-week performance. No. They're defined over longer Dude, the periods Miami of media time. did it with Jalen Phillips. The first few weeks, they're like, this guy's a bum. I mean, we're seeing it happen on the Yankees every single day. You know, with players like Labor Torres and the negative trend. or well, He's a disaster. Yeah, or, or other guys like Judge, who at the start of the year some people were down on or, you know. You can't go by Dude. you can't go by game by game. You have to go by have you what seen, they give you over the course of their careers. Did you see the video perform posted on Twitter of two a year ago and then two today? I saw it. I didn't actually watch the video because I didn't really care. The video's awesome, and I gotta be honest. I I'm starting to count money before it's in the You're bank like, account. You know, two is legitimately going to be great. No, I'm no, I'm counting actual money. Oh yeah, we placed we placed that twenty five dollar wager, uh-huh. the parlay judge judging to it. <laughs> I like I'm acting as if I already have thirty thousand dollars. You're a thousandaire at that, at that point. I have thirty thousand dollars. You can't convince me I don't. Aaron Judge is on a mission to win the MVP. He's on a mission, so I don't. I'm not worried about him unless he gets hurt. But let's knock on wood. He's gonna stay healthy. He's got that. And two is about to lead the NFL. Two looks take the NFL by storm. Dude. He's about to put Miami on the map. Well, how did Quinn even get outside to be scratching? I Dude, thought I let him in. This dog could be anywhere <laughs> does, at all a... times. But it's not even that. It's like no matter where he is, he's always going to be trying to, to get, get to a room else. that we could hear on the mic, which is no problem. I'm going to let him in in a second. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. I don't – I. So I mean, every, I I like the players we picked, and I like I listen to Chris Greer and Coach McDaniel's press conference. Really liked what I'm hearing. Just can't wait to get into um, the football. You know, I was gonna say I'm kind of just a little, I'm a little gassed on pre-football stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of talk. Like I'm so excited for this Dolphin season that like there's nothing I can watch McDaniel say anymore that like excites me. I'm just like I gotta see it now. I'm did excited. You see his, I can't did get you any see more his excited. And McDaniel's press yeah, I wasn't like super into it. It was fine. It was good. But like, until the season starts, until we start seeing practices, and I'm just gonna kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. 
Dude, what did you think of, uh... What did you think of, uh... What's it called? That game we played? Gondoland. Oh, Gondoland was exciting. <laughs> we played with water. Yeah, we didn't we didn't partake in any substances. It's like when you were be a kid and you would play a uh, beer pong, but you didn't want anyone to know you were using. Alcohol. I will never yeah. forget. There I were water sleepover. in those cups. I think I had a sleepover when I was like twelve at uh, James. Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> in twelve thirteen. Okay. I like James's house, and we played like every drinking game you could think of with water. Sick. We drank so much water. <laughs> we were so hydrated. We w- we couldn't stop peeing. Hours just would go by and it was every five minutes it was like got pee again. Quinn, no, you have we to drink stay in here. so much water. Sit up here. That's a good dog. Ooh's my boy. He'll breathe right in the mic the whole time. <laughs> Do you ever look at Quinn and think like, man, if you were just a normal dog, he people a, would he's love my, you. He's the best dog I ever had. Love this boy. Kinda. To what you, mean, kinda. He is. He's a great boy. To you. To everyone. No, to you. He's everyone's He's friend. a weirdo. <laughs> like, the dog is weird. weird. It's a weird Every dog. dog is weird. No. Every Not dog like is weird. Not like this dog. Quinn, is, uh, Quinn, you know it. You were a weird dog. He's not that weird. He's not lovey. Sure he is. To you. To everyone. No, like, not to house. everyone. He, he barks and he's scared of you. He's like a cat. He's a cat. He's Jersey. My cat acts the same way Quinn does. No, he's he loves Rachel and Rose. He loves... Mm, I don't know if he loves Rachel. Loves Popo. He's a good boy. I'm not buying it. What do you mean you're not buying it? He's a weirdo. No. And he has so much potential because he's so cute. But And when he, and like watching him be like that with you, it's, it's very nice. And it's like, man, I wish he would do that with me. So you're just cool. jealous. That's I am a little jealous. I won't lie. Jealousy. I'm a little jealous. But like, it doesn't change the fact that he's a weirdo. He's a good dog. Every dog is weird. And he's weird of all the dogs I've had in my life. Which now at this point is a long list of dogs. He's the he's least the weird? the least weird. Or at least weird in the least You've annoying ways. What are you talking about? How many dogs have you personally owned? I'm, ta- I'm counting my childhood dogs that grew up in the house that I lived in, as you should. No, I say I've never owned a dog. I've never had a dog. What are you talking about? I've never had a dog. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> How could you say? Like, you don't count the ki- the dogs that we had as kids as your dogs. No, I didn't take care of them. Like, what they, is you? What do you? They what were, you, might as well have just been siblings. They were know? furniture. Like, they were just in the house. What do you mean they may have? How could you say they may have well have been siblings? They're just in the house. We're siblings. Yeah, but like I don't know. I wouldn't say I. I owned a, a well, child. No, okay, but like I'm more than just in the house. Yeah, you are. But the dogs weren't. Like, <laughs> I don't want this to come off as if I'm anti-dog, but like, I don't know. Like, you the just dogs never cared about them. the dogs. No, no, it's See, not like, that. I it's cared the responsibility. About the pets that we I think the responsibility kid. is the difference, right? Like, you never picked up the dog poop in the yard. Okay, I did, but that's not all right. Like, I did. We were kids. What else were you supposed to do? Well, I found saying, like, one of their dead bodies, so like, I feel like I'm allowed to say it's sure, my pet. But what I are just, you talking about? Sure, they're your you pet. Said, they're you said your pet. No. They're your You grew pet. up with five dogs. Sure. And they were they were my pets. Theoretically. But like when you talk to me, if I'm talking to like a, a dog owner, you're a dog owner. Am I forgetting one? I don't know. 
Jasmine, Topaz, Rhett, Dixie, Pixie. We had a Dixie and a Pixie. Yeah, but they're different. And they're like opposite ends of the timeline. But my my point is this: is like, sure, I grew up people, with dogs. Say, I had listen, pets, but like, when I'm not going to talk to a dog owner and act like I know anything about owning a dog. I oh don't. I truly don't. I think you know a lot more than someone who literally could say they never owned dogs. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But like, <laughs> people who say I've never owned a dog are people who like literally have never lived in a household with dogs. I don't think that's you true. You spent half of your life with multiple, well, multiple dogs. Like more than half. And not only that, your grandparents had dogs their whole time you ever went to your grandparents' house. There's a lot of dogs in your life. Can I say something? You know a lot about dogs. I'm going to say something. What? I said two seconds ago I don't want to come off as anti-dog. I hate dogs. Dogs are cool. (laughs) They're not that great. (laughs) People love dogs. You know what I think it is? What? And this is going to, I hope mother never hears this. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think, say it. I think it's less about the dogs, but you don't like everything that comes along with having a dog. Like, you don't like... Yeah, yeah, I agree. You don't like... You That's why I like... Up after dude, the dog, I love going to someone's house and they house have a dog. breaking a dog. Yeah, I don't want to do You don't that. like when the dog is loud. You don't like having Amanda's, to feed and water Amanda's it every friends, day. Like Amanda's a plant. friends uh, have a pit bull. Yep. Fucking love that dog. You don't like that the dog would prohibit you from being able to go or come as you please. I go to mom's house. I'll play with Raven all day long. I, lo- I love Pixie. I don't want to have a dog. And the reason why I said that I hope mother never hears this is because she also doesn't like those things about dogs. But she also loves having a dog. Yeah. So like a lot of that, let's call it negative energy that would be expressed on the dog. Well, I, I just think, think that jades you. Well, I just think... Because you have PTSD. In regards to, like, mom, is, like, dogs almost contradict her whole life. <laughs> Lifestyle. It's, like, <laughs> clean, and, like, things have to be perfect. Also, I'm going to get a destructive, dirty uh, animal. Yeah, like, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Like, the hair? Like, it's tough. But that's why... I don't know. How much less turbulent would our life have been if our never parents had dogs. never had dogs? Some trauma that you probably don't have to deal with. <laughs> I don't know. I think growing up, though, like, I've seen, like, videos of kids. Like, I'll get a dog because seeing videos of, like, kids growing up as, like, the pup. Like, you get a puppy and a kid at the same time, so they grow up together. Like, it's adorable. Yeah, you get them. Just grab them from the same place. Yeah. Like, as you're walking out of the hospital with your baby, they have, like, <laughs> this a guy giving out a puppies. Pen. In fact, that's a great place to sell puppies. <laughs> so, Do you want a puppy for your newborn? But all this to say, dogs get talked about. Oh my god! Speaking of, I can't believe this came up. That's no, very adorable. Did you see the <laughs> Scott Van Pelt tribute to his dog? No, had me in tears. I don't even know what this is. And it made me think even more about Who's how I Scott don't want Van a dog. Pelt. Are you kidding me? You know who Scott Van Pelt is? I don't think so. You're on drugs. You well, maybe know, I do. You know who Scott Van Pelt is. That the ball guy from Sports Center. Oh, that. Well, see, yeah, I know the ball guy on Sports Center, but I don't watch him. Well, oh, his dog his, died. His dog died. That's sad. And he. It's always sad. This guy, when the you dog don't know dies. Scott Van Pelt. Okay. He gave a tribute to his dog, and it was so good. And I was crying, and I was like, made me not want a dog even more. 
I'm not. I can't love something like that. Like that. Because dogs are gonna die. Yeah. I think about my cats. Like I'm like I can't handle that. Get a parrot. It'll outlive me. Nah, parrots are annoying. <laughs> Serious, I hate parrots. Everything's annoying. I think I'm just not an animal guy. Like, there are people who love animals. Could care less. Not me. If you got rid of every animal on the earth, I don't think I'd notice. I mean, I'm sure I'd notice. I won't be able to eat. <laughs> I'm just... Be I was to, being you. Won't be able to get my protein. I would. Lo- I love animals. And I don't pets. think you do. I don't think what? you understand what it means to love animals. Wow. <laughs> I like zoos. Like if I brought, oh, I hate zoos. I've been to a lot of zoos and I aquariums. I think I zoos, love aquariums and zoos. I think zoos and aquariums are the two worst entertainment <laughs> attractions in the world. Well, They're both terrible. That's why they exist for people like me, not people like you. Because I like zoos. I'll rather do anything besides go to a zoo or Philadelphia Zoo. Great zoo. You know what I do like though? Smithsonian Zoo in D.C. Great zoo. You know what I like? What? Uh. Any sort of ride where you get to drive like a safari through it, yeah, like those are cool. If I could be because then I'm in and out, and I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. vehicle <laughs> like away that. from the animals. I don't want to walk around the zoo. You know what's even better than that? When I can go and sit on my couch and there's a Netflix documentary Aye. about animals. No, boring. <laughs> you know what really ruins zoos for me? What the DC Zoo? Why? I don't know. We I remember we visited you in college and we went and like they somehow built that zoo. I don't know if they built it on a hill or built it in a bowl. I'm not 100% sure. But no matter where you're going in the zoo, you're walking uphill at all it's times. It's a little hilly. That's ridiculous. But we the elevation is important for the different animals that are at the zoo. Guess what? Specifically the pandas and elephants. Don't care. I do like pandas. Don't care that much though. <laughs> Alright, well I think we're warmed up. Yeah. It's a very controversial ending. <laughs> People are gonna get here and be like, this guy hates animals and no dogs. No one listens. Maybe. We don't know that anymore. Well, I hope this is the hidden gem of the internet is gonna be discovered. The Brothers Ketchup Podcast. It's gonna be tainted as soon as we get like seven <laughs> listeners. It's we're we're like ending it at all. I don't want sponsors. Stop calling me. We don't want your money. 